This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. And welcome back to another episode of Time Sensitive. This is a film podcast highlighting the best under-the-radar movies. We don't want you to miss them because we care about you. You deserve to hear about the best and the brightest that are coming out right now. I'm Kate, and I'm kind of here in a certain way with my co-hosts, Ian and Sam. Hello. Hey. And you are joining us for an extra special mini-episode... Typically, our mini-episodes are a chance to get to know us outside of our full-length film reviews that come out every other week. Uh, This one's no exception, but this is our first-ever remotely recorded episode of Time Sensitive. That's right. Sam, Kate, and I are each recording from our own homes. We originally decided to do this just to be safe, but as of this week, the state of Michigan is officially under a stay-at-home order, and we are in full compliance. Please be responsible. Practice social distancing to protect yourself and others. This is a new normal for all of us. We're all trying to adjust and get used to it, but we could not stop bringing you fun movie content. Uh, It's also just fun for us. We have to keep talking to each other. It's really important to my sanity. We want to keep telling you about the cool stuff we're watching. Um, And we've been so happy that a lot of you are reaching out for more, wondering what our new schedule is like. So we're making it work via this weird recording but sam's gonna edit this up it's gonna be genius this is the way podcasts will just be recorded forever into the future we're uh, changing the game you asked we're delivering without a doubt this episode might sound a bit different than what you're used to but it's a good reminder of how far we've come in the last year of this show now is a great time to check out our earliest episodes highlighting movies like eighth grade support the girls or you were never really here When so much seems in doubt, we have to revert back to what we know best. That's why this mini-episode will sound a bit familiar, and it's something we can all participate in. Even you. Yes, you the listener. Even you. It all starts with one simple question. What are you into? What are you into? That's right. You joined for a special quarantine edition of What Are You Into? You might have recently found yourself with some extra time on your hands, And you might even be looking for some pop culture to keep yourself busy during the prolonged isolation. Kate, Ian, and I are happy to share what movies, music, books, TV, or games we're currently into. Who knows? You might find something to help pass the lonely hours. Without further ado, Kate, I've got to ask, what are you into? Okay, the first thing that I've been really into is something I actually finished before our shelter-in-place executive order went through. Um, This is something I was watching like two, three weeks ago. I was binging as if we had a shelter-in-place order. It is the Netflix original British comedy Sex Education. There's two seasons of it on Netflix right now. It's a comedy created by Laurie Nunn. She doesn't really have any other credits. It seems like she's a playwright transitioning into TV um, based on what I could find about her, but nothing else really of note. Sex Education is about uh, a sex ambivalent and like very socially awkward high schooler named Otis 
um played by asa butterfield asa and otis are coincidentally two of like my favorite names ever uh he lives with his sex therapist mom played by jillian anderson yes jillian anderson of x-files fame um and after kind of assisting a fellow student who is experiencing sexual performance anxiety otis begins a business with a friend his friend mave giving uh sex advice to his fellow classmates in return for moolah so i think this could easily be dismissed as like a high school comedy uh show tv category and pushed aside um but the show is like really raunchy i don't think it's necessarily written uh with like a 15 16 year old in mind um it's very real as far as sort of the awkward sexual interactions and topics that they cover um and that's what i like about it this show is definitely like the most sex positive you can get it's about a bunch of people talking about sex in a healthy way and trying to work through their problems um it's also british a thing i love love british anything something i also super appreciate about this show is the way it represents uh, a diversity of relationships types of relationships we've got gay straight relationships bi relationships trans relationships and none of them are addressed in like an after school special kind of way it's just you're introduced to these characters and these are the relationships they're in and it's amazing it's just all about like really fantastic real representation uh the first season just came out in january of 2019 the second season came out in january of 2020 so we're not getting any probably for a while but there's two seasons worth binging i think they're like eight episodes each this show's hilarious i think you just give it a shot um it may not be for everyone again very raunchy but um i think giving the first episode a shot is worth it uh indie wires liz shannon miller gave the series a grade of an a minus and she said this which i think is uh, a pretty great summary again though it's the kids story with the fluctuations in both friendships and relationships pinging back and forth with youthful verve sex education does a lot of things really well chief amongst them being the creation of a high school world which feels fully developed realistic to a degree but still with a sense of escapism uh and isn't that what we're all really looking for right now um great performances from a lot of young unknown relatively unknown actors i don't think anyone is really super recognizable in this besides jillian anderson and really only a huge x-file fan might be able to spot her but some great young actors i think really witty writing great representation this is this is the show of the future give it a watch see if you're into it if not whatever you fucking suck i'm really curious to know ian what are you into? Well, thank you for asking. I'm really into Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. This is a TV show that airs every Sunday night on HBO. Uh, it is a satirical news show. Uh, if you know the name John Oliver, you might recognize him as a correspondent from The Daily Show uh, back in the day with Jon Stewart. Uh, and he's since uh, had his own show, I think, for the last uh, – since 2014, I think it's been on. He just started his seventh season. It, he's won a number of primetime Emmys for this show. Very much like The Daily Show, he takes uh, current political issues and talks about them in, in a, a funny way, but also you know, gives us some real information behind those issues and dives really deep. He's allowed to do that because uh, he does one major topic each each week. So instead of you know just doing the gamut of, of the news from the week, he tackles one specific issue. Uh, things relevant like Medicare for All, diving into that policy platform. Um, he's talked about trans and LGBT rights. He's talked about prisons, uh, gerrymandering. 
the NRA, if you can't tell, he's pretty uh, socially liberal, so there's clearly that stance on it. But I just enjoy someone, I think it's a real skill for a comedian to take the news and, and make it funny. I mean, a lot of the stuff that we hear on the news today is it seems like it's being written by a comedy writer. Um, but the way John does it is he teaches us something that I think we all need to know but does so in a very tangible way. It makes it very tangible for people who don't have a political background or don't have uh, a, a common understanding of how uh, we're told things through the news. And he highlights that. He calls out AT&T, who happens to own HBO, uh, calls them out uh, for, for various indiscretions that they've had. I mean, he has constant targets that he hits throughout the show. Um, he does full episodes on political figures to get to know them better. Uh, Xi Jinping of China. He's had episodes on Rudy Giuliani, uh, Alex Jones, uh, the Dalai Lama, which I thought was interesting. Uh, didn't know much about the Dalai Lama. My favorite episode he's done is the one on Mike Pence, where he really uh, dives into the history of Mike Pence, who Mike Pence was as a governor, as a senator. Uh, and he even goes so far as to uh, comment on a book that Mike Pence's family wrote from the perspective of their family pet, a bunny uh, named Marlon Bundo. And uh, because Pence is kind of a notorious anti-LGBT person, John takes the book and rewrites it so that it's about the bunny, the pet, uh, family pet of the Pences, finding love with another male bunny. And it's actually a real book that was that was released, and it was all the money proceeds were raised for charity for the Trevor Project. I actually bought a copy. It was funny because uh, while this was released, they were battling the actual book that was being sent out. So it was cool to kind of give a middle finger to some people that needed it. Um, but I still have the book. It's a really great children's book, actually. But just listening to him talk about issues makes me feel informed, makes me feel involved in the process. He even talks about things that you don't think about on an everyday basis, uh, things like floods the economic and social impacts of, of natural disasters like floods, stadiums, what sports, uh, and even uh, going so far as fantasy leagues, what they what impact they have, uh, gambling, uh, broadcasting monopolies. Uh, he did a whole episode on multi-level marketing programs, which was really interesting. So I just, I can't endorse his show enough. I think it's intriguing. I think it's funny. It's really light, which is something we need in, in times like this, but it also helps you understand things a little bit more. So I am really into Last Week Tonight with John Oliver. He's got a new episode coming this Sunday. He's been off the air due to the coronavirus, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing uh, the, or seeing the new episode coming out shortly. Hey, Sam, what are you into? Thank you so much for asking. So one of the things that I am really into in the entertainment world, um, aside from movies, is live sports. And with this coronavirus thing going around, and it's basically stopped everything that I hold dear. It's pushed movies back, and it has paused sports for the time being. So the first thing I am going to talk about that I am into is sports documentaries. Uh, it's what I've spent a decent amount of time while in quarantine watching just because it kind of brings back either some memories from old sporting events or just get some athletic action on the TV again to kind of build a little bit of that excitement. I've even watched some old uh, basketball games from the NCAA tournament since that didn't happen uh, this year. That actually got canceled. Um, but the documentaries I want to talk about, I have a few. I just want to uh, name a, a couple of them for you to give some suggestions, maybe a little, if you have a little bit of free time and if you're into some some sports documentaries, these might be for you. The first one I have is actually on Amazon Prime, and it's called The Four-Year Plan. 
uh, new ownership uh, comes to the London soccer team, Queens Park Rangers, uh, which is at the time in 2007 is, is currently in the second tier of English football. They are on the verge of bankruptcy. Uh, so a billionaire comes in and buys the team and kind of starts to revamp it. And they have one goal, pun intended, and that is to get their team back to the Premier League by the year 2011. What I love about this documentary is that they have full access of what's going on. The billionaire who bought the team actually brought these cameras in to document what's happening. However, they had no say in what was kept and what was taken out of the documentary. So these uh, documentarians were able to get basically everything and they're not always painted in the best light and trying to get this team to perform at the, at the top level. Um, it's a, it's a kind of a roller coaster of a ride. They go through multiple coaches. It, it's actually a really interesting watch, even if you're not into the game of soccer or football, as they is uh, it's said in in England. So that's one that I wanted to mention for you guys. Uh, the next one I have uh, is just a huge list, which is ESPN's Thirty for Thirty series, which is ESPN's documentaries. They do kind of a series which has different directors and different topics for each of the movies. And they can vary in length from an hour to two hours. Or you have the O.J. Simpson one, which is an eight-part series that actually won an Oscar. But all of uh, the whole archive is available if you have an ESPN Plus subscription. Just some of the ones that I've been watching recently. Uh, the Last Days of Night, which talks about Bobby Knight's uh, time right before he gets fired from Indiana as their head basketball coach. Uh, this was the XFL is another one. The first attempt to bring another football league to the United States uh, back in 2002. Uh, Vince McMahon is heavily involved and it's kind of a crazy story. I, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but it's nuts. Uh, I Hate Christian Leitner, which is about the infamous Duke player. Uh, the Fab Five, which is the story of five incredible freshmen that come to Michigan and help bring basketball into kind of the modern era. And then the last one I want to talk about is Winning Time, uh, Reggie Miller versus the Knicks. It's kind of, I, I'm a huge Indiana Pacers fan, so watching uh, Reggie Miller kind of sink these shots, these really clutch shots uh, against the Knicks, which was their arch rival at the time in the mid-90s is fantastic. Spike Lee is heavily involved. And the last one I want to mention here is Maradona. It is an HBO original about Diego Maradona. Uh, kind of goes into his time when he was on the Napoli uh, football club in Italy. Uh, just getting to see the access and seeing him get mobbed constantly. Uh, it is all really found footage uh, film and it's fantastic. It's the same director who who won the Oscar for doing the documentary Amy. So uh, it's really well done, really well shot, kind of put together using all of these this old footage, and it kind of brings it up to now as well. So sports documentaries have kind of taken up a lot of my time lately, and I've been loving every second of it. I do need real live sports to be back soon though because i'm getting itchy for them what are you into all right thanks for asking what i'm into guys uh the second thing i'm into i'm really excited to talk about i'm talking about the british trash reality show love island 
Um, there's not a whole lot that can be said about this dumpster fire of a show. It is super trashy. It is the lowest of the low, and I love it oh so much. This is a dating show, very like a la The Bachelor, but somehow ten times worse. Uh, willing participants are locked inside of a Spanish villa for a six-week vacation, and they're forced to date and fuck and hang out together. This show has a very interesting format in that it airs five nights a week during the summer in the UK. So people are watching it in almost real time as these contestants are somewhere in on the coast of Spain in some villa. Um, and people get voted in and out of this villa weekly. And so new people are added uh, periodically. Some people are voted out, whatever. And then they also have a recap episode on Saturday night. So for six weeks of the summer, this airs six nights a week. It's insane. People are obsessed with it in the UK. The fourth cycle, the fourth fourth season, which aired in 2018, had over 4 million live viewers for the first episode, which made it the most watched program since the 2012 Olympics. People eat this shit up. Um, and I think part of that is it's like very interactive. Again, like you text to vote people off. They occasionally like read viewers' tweets live on air to the contestants, which is really sad because it's usually horrible, mean stuff. Um, I'm not proud that I like this show, but in this really uncertain time, I think we're all looking for a little bit of an escape. These seasons, because they air five nights a week for six weeks, have 60 episodes. It's insane. They have, like, so, so much content. They have all of these recap episodes and reunion episodes, like, everything you could ever hope for. Something really interesting about this show is that there's absolutely nothing for the contestants to do except to sit around and talk about each other and drink and smoke and have sex. Uh, they're literally locked inside of this villa that there's nothing to do. There's a pool, there's a bar, there's a smoking area, nothing for them. They're so incredibly bored and you can tell they are so fucking tired. But, you know, they keep talking, they keep gossiping, they stir up their own little bits of drama. New people come in, so there's lots of lots of things to get to know there. But something I like about this show that I think things like The Bachelor or Love is Blind really, really lack is that this show is incredibly self-aware. They have an announcer... Um, that kind of narrates the story and he just rips on the contestants constantly like that this show is so painfully aware of how vain and absolutely flippant it is um and the the narrator's name is ian sterling he's a scottish comedian and he's absolutely freaking hilarious if he's writing the material that he uses on this show i'm just like i'm so into him he's great yeah, this show is escapism at its finest. I can't recommend it enough during these very uncertain times. I think it's fantastic to sit around and watch with your friends. And yeah, it's just completely gross in every single possible way. And um, I'm obsessed with it. There's a bunch of seasons on Hulu. I think there's an Australian and an American spinoff, too, that are also available on Hulu. I really like the British version because I enjoy all the different accents. It's really fun how... Uh, different regions of the UK sound, you know, way more stupid than others. It's hilarious. So give Love Island a watch if you're really looking for something low-brow to just kind of turn on and have in the background while you're working from home. In on every once in a while. A day in the villa feels like eight weeks. So much can happen. So something really fun to check in on, see what your friends are doing on Love Island. I love it so much. What are you into? 
I'm really into a new docu-series on Netflix. I haven't watched a docu-series on Netflix since Making a Murderer a long time ago, uh, but this one just caught my eye because of John Oliver that I mentioned already. Did a, an episode on third-party candidates uh, back in the, during the 2016 election, and one of the weird people he profiled was this candidate named Joe Exotic, who was this wild tiger zookeeper that was just this out-of-this-world type person, you know, very fringe candidate. But there's this whole docuseries on him and this huge scandal surrounding him and animal rights activists and zookeepers of exotic cats. It is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It's so addicting. If you have a Netflix subscription, you can go and watch it now. It's called Tiger King Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. And that is such an apt title. This show is nuts. So Joe Exotic is this zookeeper uh, who has uh, basically bred, bought, and sold exotic cats, tigers, lions, uh, ligers, uh, you know, all the, the huge, huge cats. Um, and, and of course, he's made a number of enemies along the way. But Joe himself is the most bizarre character you will ever encounter. He's a gun-toting guy from Oklahoma. He has a mullet. Uh, he's got piercings all over. He's uh, he he's just so eccentric. He's also gay and in a polygamist relationship uh, with two men at the same time. It is it is so bizarre, and he is such a, a wild character. And he picks a fight with this animal activist named Carol Baskin, who lives in Florida, and uh, her and her group are basically aligned with PETA in trying to shut down zoos like Joe Exotics. That He goes by Joe Exotic, I think his real name is, is Joe Maldonado or something. Um, but he, in her battle over social media, he threatens her live on this own TV show he runs. It is just, it is so bizarre, but so fun <laughs> to watch. I couldn't stop. It's seven episodes, they're about 45 minutes apiece. But, but one of the episodes centers around carol's first husband who mysteriously disappears and joe uh puts out this conspiracy theory that she killed him and fed him to the the tigers that she owns because she runs a rescue uh place for tigers it is just there are so many accusations it, at the same time it's it's heartbreaking there's a number of, of parts of the series that really hit uh some very sad and dark points um, and also watching Joe Exotic as he goes through losing everything. I mean, he, he ends up in a legal battle with Carol. I don't want to give too much away, but he basically gets taken for a ride um, after he puts out a hit on Carol. It gets really serious, um, but I cannot recommend this enough. This series, like I said, is available on Netflix. It just premiered uh, last week, March 20th, I think it came out. I think I watched it the first night because I recognized Joe Exotic's picture uh, from the John Oliver show. But definitely give this one a chance. Again, it's a docu-series on Netflix. It's all about private zoos for exotic animals and animal rescue. So if you're into animals, this will be interesting to you. If you love a good true crime drama, this is totally it. Cannot recommend it enough. Again, it's Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness, only on Netflix. What are you into? Okay, so this next one is a little silly, but it really makes me happy. And it, it has been the best uh, thing to help me go to sleep at night. And that's restoration videos. So what I've been watching lately are those restoration videos on YouTube that don't have any talking in them. Um, that's what I think is really important is, is that they don't actually have any 
uh, discussion uh, of what the person is actually doing. Sometimes they have little subtitles at the bottom that you can read on a little bit more information on what they're deciding to do to make their changes. But really all it is is somebody's taking an old rusty, like a Tonka truck or maybe an old lighter or an old flashlight, a drill, something, and they're restoring it back to new. It, it might be like for the ASMR crowd. I don't even know what it's really for, but it is so soothing to watch somebody rebuild something from the ground up, taking it fully apart, cleaning everything, and then putting it all right back together. Um, when you all you can hear is the sounds of the tools, all you can see are the person's hands uh, taking it apart and putting it back together. Some of the the YouTube channels that I've really been watching and really been into, Rescue and Restore is one, Odd Tinkering, another, and then Joe DIY. Those three channels have really been awesome for me um, that I never thought I'd be into. Even like if you asked me, well, would you be really interested in watching somebody take apart uh, an old compass and clean it and put it back together? No, who, who would think that? Um, but really, it's been something that has been super soothing. I think that's the best way to put it. Um, sometimes I fall asleep before the thing is actually done, so I have to go back uh, and and watch it again just to see see how it ended up uh, looking when it was fully complete. I just think I, I just think it's a fun thing to watch. What are you into? Okay, the last thing I gotta talk about today. Um, the last thing that I'm into. Um, is I've been really into baking bread. I think a lot of people are finding new joys in the kitchen during this time, cooking, baking, making things for friends and family. Um, I specifically specifically have been really into baking bread. I've been using Bonnie O'Hara's um, Bread Baking for Beginners, um, which is a really cool book that is all about baking all different types of bread, yeasted breads, uh, breads with starters, all kinds of things. Um, something that's really cool about it is she wrote it in a way that each recipe builds skill and knowledge in bread baking. And so you're supposed to begin with the first recipe and work through the book. And each recipe increases kind of in difficulty. So I've made a couple of different recipes from the book. They turn out amazing. And it feels really good to be in control of something and to also uh, just kind of slow down and showing like our food and the way we nourish ourselves and our families some extra care in this time. I think it's really important to find some things that you put off in your daily life for lack of time, things, you know, hobbies you wish you could develop but feel like you just don't have the chance or the energy um, to devote to and to pick those up now because that's a silver lining as we all have some time to slow down while we're home with our loved ones. So yeah, bread baking. It's super fun. That's a great book. Uh, I bought it on Amazon several years ago. I don't think you can do that now, but perhaps you can find a, um, like a digital download off Amazon. If you have like a Kindle or something, I'm sure. Or you could probably go to her blog, Bonnie O'Hara. Uh, you can also just follow her on Instagram. She's fantastic. She bakes live on Instagram. She's good friends with um, Jenna Fisher of The Office. She played Pam in The Office. That's how I was introduced to Bonnie. Jenna Fisher got super into bread baking and was like talking about it on her Instagram all the time. And she tagged this book and said that's how she was teaching herself to bake 
bread. So I bought it. Um, you can follow along Bonnie on Instagram at Alchemy Bread. She has her own bakery out of her house. Uh, she's really fun to watch. So yeah, I would just encourage you all to slow down and find some things that really bring you joy um, during this really chaotic time and try and throw yourself into it because we have enough time that things like that can become a part of our routine and we will find the w- find a way to keep them in our lives after things return to normal. So yeah, enjoy, find something you're really enjoying right now. This is what I'm enjoying. This is what I'm into. Thanks guys. What are you into? I'm going to go the music route for my third and final item of what are you into. And I know that's not a safe uh, choice to make because my co-host usually takes some sort of objection Uh, to my taste in music, but that's okay. I'm going to make another bold statement that I have been a fan of country music for quite a while, uh, but not the country music, like old twangy country music, although Dolly Parton I am a huge fan of and have a secret obsession with, um, which might lead to making sense of this item, but I'm really into the Dixie Chicks, and they have a new album coming out uh, May 1st, or at least it's supposed to come out May 1st, uh, called Gaslighter, and I'm super excited for it. It's been 14 years since their last album. Uh, I've been a fan. Uh, for a long time and got more into their early work later in life Uh, but you may recognize the albums such as Wide Open Spaces from 1998 Fly from 1989 Home from 2002 and then their incredible last comeback album after uh, Natalie Maines' comments about then-present George W. Bush basically led to their complete and utter dismissal from the music industry Um, they were boycotted they were completely dismantled from country radio Uh, People burned their albums and memorabilia, uh, but they came back with basically a middle finger album called Taking the Long Way, which ended up winning five Grammys, including Album of the Year, Record and Song of the Year, uh, which is one of my which includes one of my favorite songs of all time. Not ready to make nice. I think it's an incredible song, incredibly written. Uh, So I'm really excited about this new album, their first music in over a decade. Um, They're now all grown up. They're married. They're divorced. They've got kids. And this new album, Gaslighter, is about uh, a lot of the men that have been uh, relegated to the past of their lives. Uh, Gaslighter is a term for someone who makes you feel insane even when you're not um, or tries to make you feel insane to make themselves better. Uh, so this is a, definitely a reference to their past relationships. They've released the title track, Gaslighter, already. Uh, it's such a catchy tune. Uh, as always, their harmonies are on point. Uh, Natalie Maines, I think, has one of the best voices in music and still does. Uh, I'm so excited to hear the rest of this album, scheduled to be released May 1st of this year. But one of the cool things about it, it is also produced by Jack Antonoff, who uh, you might recognize uh, from his time as a member of the band Fun, or as his own band Bleachers. Uh, But he's a huge producer in the music industry. He was probably most known for producing 1989, the Taylor Swift album, which also won uh, Grammy of the Year, uh, for Grammy for Album of the Year. But super excited to see the Dixie Chicks back in play in the in the music industry i saw a number of interviews with them uh specifically one on cbs sunday morning that was great to hear them talking again about the music they've been making and they're ready to release i just can't wait for the album i want to hear more music from them i want to hear more songs from this album i can't wait to binge it uh hopefully it will be released on time very much looking forward to it i am really really into the dixie chicks and i'm not ashamed to say it what are you into so i had a chance 
to listen to all of Kate and Ian's topics already before I picked my third topic. I don't know why I was struggling to find a good third choice since I've been playing video games and watching all sorts of different things on streaming services, but I came up with this. What happens when you combine a medical drama and a standard police procedural? You get the 2020 Netflix original series, Medical Police. Well, kinda. Medical Police is a hilarious, over-the-top parody of all those dramatic medical and police shows that you see on CBS or ABC. Shows like NCIS, ER, or all those shows that start with Chicago in the title. Uh, In Medical Police, you follow Dr. Lola Spratt and Dr. Owen Maestro, played by Rob Hubel and Aaron Hayes, as they're reprising their roles from the Adult Swim show Children's Hospital, a show that was kind of in the similar vein to what medical uh, medical police actually is. But these two doctors discover a civilization-threatening virus, might be a little close for comfort right at this particular moment while we're all in quarantine, but they are, all, they are then recruited by, uh, by the government to be agents and travel around the world looking for a cure. I'm only a couple of episodes in, probably like three or so, um, but it's very self-aware and the silliness uh, is constantly being cranked up. Rob and Aaron play off each other really, really well in this show, uh, and it's filled with guest stars like Henry Winkler, Michael Sarah, Craig Robinson, John Hamm, Jason Schwartzman, just to name a few. Uh, This show is not going to be for everyone. A lot of people will probably find this stupid. I did see that in a lot of the reviews for this show. Um, I don't care. If if you're not into the heavy-duty style of parody, uh, similar to like NTSF, SD, SUV, or like even Wet Hot American Summer, I think those two are, are pretty similar in style, then this show might not be for you. But if you are into that kind of stuff, definitely check this show out. Uh, that show, again, is Medical Police on Netflix. Thank you for listening to Time Sensitive and this quarantine edition of What Are You Into? Maybe during this quarantine, you could be into Time Sensitive. Listen to more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and any other podcast platform. And let us know what else you're into by chatting with us on Twitter, at TSMoviePod, using the hashtag... Hashtag, what are you into? Or hitting up Time Sensitive on Facebook and Instagram. Snap a pic of what you're watching or listening. Uh, tag us. What are you into? Tag Time Sensitive. We're bored as fuck. Let us know what you're doing. Reach out. Let us know what you want us to be doing during this time, too. We've got lots of ideas. We're just trying to figure out what's best and uh, what we can give to you. Thanks for listening. Stay home and stay safe. <laughs>